go. Streaming from South Africa to the world. To the world. This is the Stonks Go Moon podcast. What just happened? We break it down so you don't have to. Welcome everyone to the Stonks Go Moon podcast. My guest today, Arisha Tariq, co-founder of TraderAid and author of Banking on the Market. Welcome back to the pod. Thank you so much, Rocco. Always a pleasure to be back with you. One of my favorite people, not only Twitter royalty, FinTwit royalty, but also a media darling. To see you popping <laughs> up on Fox all the time. It's about time we get people other than Kramer on there that people would actually know what they're talking about. That must be nice for a change. It is. I, mean, I feel very blessed that they call me and, you know, they want to hear what I have to say. It's not easy to make yourself, you know, known when you're not uh, affiliated maybe with a big bank or with a big name. So I, I props to Charles Payne for, you know, picking me out of the hundreds of people who are out, out there on Fintwit. So yeah, it, I was about really to ask you, I was about to ask you, how did that sort of come about? Because there are legions of people. So is it something that you did? Did you actively pursue it? Or like, how did that come about? Uh, honestly, the first time they reached out to me, it was on Twitter. And I thought somebody was funking me. I didn't really think it was for real. And it honestly, uh, not until I was sitting in front of the camera and, you know, a guy came on and said, you know, you're going to be going on in five minutes. And then it just hit me that, oh, my God, I'm going on Fox with Charles P. (laughs) So, yeah, it was through Twitter and Mm -hmm. uh, quite possibly, you know, everything that I'd been tweeting and to do with Mm. my write-ups. And things like that. So before we um, kick off into yeah. macro, before we kick off in, into macro, um, your experiences with Twitter at the moment, or as it's now known, Elon's Twitter. It's not Twitter. It's Elon's Twitter. I said to you the other day, you don't have a blue check mark. I can't have a blue check mark. Not because we don't want to. It's because we can't. Right? It's not in. It's our, not available. Yes, and which means that I see content. I I don't see you. I don't see my um is that something that you've experienced as well so yes it is and i do feel that uh with certain i mean i've lost certain level of engagement mm. um one or two of my tweets if they do go semi viral let's say uh, that's when you know people start engaging and i get like a whole bunch of followers but then yes. there will be days without anyone you know i mean not the same level of activity yes. as before so yes that's happened in fact um i don't see you also a lot i see people who have Art. blue check marks a lot more um i've lost <laughs> some of my notifications so there have been some changes and but in terms of bots and impersonators i don't see any meaningful positive change there mm. so mm. i don't Is know it, what's happening maybe yeah. it's taking longer than expected is it something I'm I'm interested now with it like being like it is and you grew that account of yours tremendously. Are you starting to look at other platforms or is it a case of, okay, we'll sit through this and see what happens? To be fair, you know, Twitter is the easiest platform to be on. 
Mm. I have to say this. Like, I know that you're limited by characters, but I still think it's the easiest to get started. It's the easiest to post. The app works. Uh, mm. The website works. Mm. Despite all the issues that we have with Twitter, it's the easiest to get very good on or to be very quick with. So yes. while I did think about exploring, say, Instagram, and you know I have a non almost non-existent Instagram um, it, it's yes. just too, too, too challenging, honestly. Yes. I mean, I found doesn't lend the itself app and all very yeah. challenging. Doesn't lend itself well to finance. No, just that's why I was wondering. Uh, but they are going to increase. Uh, Elon said it's going to increase to 4,000 characters or something, which would make it more like a de facto LinkedIn, I guess, which would help. So let's get right into it. Macro for 2023. Where Yes. Are we, what sort of um, sectors are you looking at? Because I saw your fabulous um, email. It's it's banking on the market. For those that do not know, it's a research um, newsletter that you should go and subscribe if you haven't. And it talked about defensive stocks. And in this period where we are now, nothing really does well. So it's about sort of, Picking the, you know, what does the least worst, if I can put it like that. Absolutely. So you've said it very well. So basically, let, let's take a step back and say what, what the major drivers are for mm. 2023. Yes. So the major driver is going to be central bank policy, without a doubt. We are still in a policy tightening regime, and I don't think the Fed uh, blinks. So I do think that we are going to see a higher level of interest rates, even from here. And I, I do think that they are going to hold this level for a while. Mm. I, I don't see anything different with the ECB either. So we, what we have right now is a very tight regime. Um, we're seeing, um, we're not seeing the level of unemployment that people are thinking that, you, you know, that coincides with the recession. But mm. regardless of that, I think the Fed has been effective in bringing down demand, as we can see from the inflation numbers. But the one thing that nobody's talking about, and I think they really should be talking about, is the quantitative tightening, right? So the money that is being vacuumed out of the system, that's a very important factor over here. And when you have liquidity coming out of the system, this is when stocks, companies, uh, bonds, ev everything starts to falter. This is what will actually push us over the edge into a recession, I believe. Mm. Okay. And we might even have a credit event, which could, you know, be somewhat disastrous. Maybe it won't be as bad as 2008, but it okay. could be somewhat disastrous for the economy. Um, having said all of this, we have you know, positive uh, effects coming from China, the reopening of China. Mm -hmm. And so that could be driving demand to a large extent. Mm -hmm. um, so we have these, the, these, these are, say, let's say a few of the opposing forces, yes, mm -hmm. that are going on. And then, of course, we have an overarching energy crisis as well. Um, so with all this in mind, I think that what we're looking at is a slowdown if not a recession, right? Okay. I, I already think parts of the economy is already in a recession and even the global economy. Yes. So in an environment like this, nothing does well. Nothing does well in a recession, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, it's funny because people think, 
2023. Oh, new year, new start. At the same period that we are in, like a year is a man-made construct. It's not first of Jan. Everything's different. No, Everything we're changes. exactly <laughs> in the same period, yeah. and nothing. But we, we we tend to forget all those things and just focus on you know oh new stuff, new year, and 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 whatever the case may be. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, we have a very short term view of the market mm. sometimes, mm. and that may not always be a bad thing. Because when you are in a slowdown, when you are in a recession, it's not a bad idea to s slow down yourself mm -hmm. and, you know, take a step back and, you know, look at your portfolio and look at what could be working. So, yes, you're right. My preference is still the defensives. It's still yes. consumer staples, some healthcare. Um, some industrials, uh, some utilities. And I say some in all of these because even within these sectors, it's yes. not like everything will do well. So you have to look at the companies. You have to look at what's going on. Um, the other sector I think that could have a boost is clean energy because mm -hmm. of the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, okay. so, so that's being driven, again, by policy, but this time more you know fiscal policies. So that's an interesting area to look at. But again, these stocks as well are not, you know, stocks that have been around for very long. Some have, some haven't. Um, so it, do your homework. My, my, yeah. my point is, you know, even if you're looking into the defensive sectors, you're looking into these sectors, I would still say, please do your homework. So one word that is clearly being omitted almost from everyone is tech. No one's talking about tech. I mean, even you yeah. in you, you don't even mention tech. And if you look at all the indices, tech is severely lagging. And and, and I mean, it's not lagging; it's severely um, lagging. You have DAX almost near a thousand points off the high. Um, FTSE all time high, which is crazy if you think about it. You have the Dow Jones not performing that bad. Um, at the start, and then you have tech. It's just <laughs> absolutely appalling. Like, what what are we seeing in tech? Is that the QT or is it something else? No, it, it's it's basically a function of having a lot of companies in the tech world that are high beta stocks mm -hmm. um, that are uh, that have no cash flows. Right. So the, the tech industry has been the industry that is nascent, that's, you know, trying to grow. It's been the growth sector for the last mm. couple of years, not couple of years, actually more yeah. than a couple of more years. Couple, right. Yeah, yeah. And and so you have your fair share of companies who are not producing cash flows. And that's basically pulling down the sector as a whole. Mm. Having said that, I was actually looking at, uh, and I, I saw part of an interview by Satya Nazala, who is the CEO of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what he said is tech is in for a rough ride. Mm -hmm. So despite all his optimism, and and, and I, I think this guy is a solid guy. He, he's he absolutely is. turned around Microsoft. Um, he's done a great job. And if he's saying that, you know, tech is in for a rough ride in the next couple of years, it, you know, we should listen because yeah. he knows, he yeah, knows, absolutely. right? And I think there, maybe the tech deserves a little bit of a re-rating here, you know? 
So there are a lot of companies that, you know, sprung up and decided to IPO because, you know, liquidity was ample, uh, mm. money was cheap, and, you know, they could do it on their own. They could IPO. But I yes. think one thing that we could probably be seeing out of all of this is some sort of consolidation in the industry. So you might see, I mean, this year will be a tough year, but going forward, what you mm. might see is a lot more acquisitions, a lot more mergers, buyouts, right? So with the share prices being so low, uh, for many of the smaller companies, you might see a lot of the bigger companies acquire better technology uh, or, Ooh. you know, try to consolidate their technologies by acquiring some of the smaller companies. Interesting. That's I wanted to ask you there is like with it being so low, are you sort of fancying picking up some of those, you know, companies at low prices or is it too soon to be thinking in that direction? Personally, I think it's still too soon. Okay. Uh, I don't think we've seen the extent of damage as yet. So what we're closing out right now is uh, 2022 quarter four earnings. So yes. this should give us somewhat more of, you know, uh, an idea of what we should see next year, mm -hmm. uh, because you'll get all the guidance for next year and all of that as well. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, what we've noticed or what I, what I saw in an interesting chart is that a lot of these tech companies are, be, you know, there's a lot of put buy on these mm. tech companies, even on mm. the bigger names now, right? So I don't think I'm the only one who's looking at it this way. I think there are uh, definitely, well, there are few analysts who are not, but most people are still uh, realizing that, you know, it's not tech's time just yet. Yes. Yes. But I am waiting for that. And when the market turns, for sure, I'll be buying. Yeah. Um, looking at, we spoke about energy a bit, and I mean, like energy, it's like say energy was alpha in 2022 because that was the best performing, uh, most asset class. Um, and in South Africa, we are having a crippling um, electricity crisis. Um, but it's not a, it's it's not only us, right? It's a worldwide phenomenon. There's like yes. this energy crunch. There's almost this battle going on between. Uh, climate activism and the old guard, right? The the oligarchs yes. and oh, how does energy play out for you? And it's not I'm not asking you to predict anything because we can't predict. We can only follow. But what are you seeing? What are some of your of your insights? So look, <clears throat> you're right. We're at a very interesting point right now where we have an impending recession or impending slowdown where energy prices should be falling. Right. Mm. And a lot of those falling prices have also led to, you know, the CPI coming down. Uh, however, the energy companies still remain quite uh, buoyant, let's say. Right. So the prices are still quite uh, high compared to where energy is. So you, you're seeing a little bit of a divergence over here. And I think one possible reason for that is that in the last couple of years, one thing that we've realized is we need to invest more in energy, in mm. the energy companies. Yeah. Please, please so, tell this to our government. Not just yours. Oh, any government. Many governments. Yeah. <laughs> so I think sometime in... Sometime last year, I did this podcast with a friend of mine and we discussed a lot about, you know, this same issue where there's, mm. you know, not enough investment in the energy sector at all, mm. right? So 
whatever it, the fi- it's a finite resource i understand that but we're making it even more finite um mm. by you know not investing enough in the sector uh, and a good thing that he pointed out is that while yes governments want to move to clean energy and we should at some point but you can't just pull the plug mm. you know and say hey let's let's switch to clean energy tomorrow because yes. it doesn't work that way so yes. what should there should be an overlap at least for some point in time where we are where we continue to invest so we're not what i'm trying to say is we shouldn't be taking the investment out of old energy and putting it in new energy <laughs> that's yeah. what i'm trying to say absolutely right? no, because, because i saw as well some of the esg big boys backtracking and saying hey we can't do this this is irresponsible to our shareholders after coming out and saying uh, well, this is the new route we are taking. So there was a quick backtrack. There was a very quick backtrack to say, hey, this is, yes. we, we, we we can't do this. It's a realization. So now we're sort of at, at a yes. catch-22. You have people's, but, but in that catch-22, if you're on the right side, there will be opportunity. Absolutely. So uh, uh, just yeah, to yeah. leave you with one thought. Yes. One of the biggest companies that Warren Buffett bought last year or mm. one of his biggest investments last year was in Occidental Energy or Occidental mm. Petroleum. Mm. So yeah. that should Re- tell you Read something. into it what you want because there are states <laughs> in America where they want to ban EVs from 2035. Not ban so I fossil fuel. Yeah, not ban. So it's, it's fascinating. We've gone... Some places want to ban... Uh, Combustion engines by 2035. Some people want to ban EVs by 2035. It's a fascinating period. Uh, just so confusing. Very confusing, yes. <laughs> Let's move to China. Um, there was, at this point of recording, it's breaking news. It's so fresh. We haven't had actually time to dig into it, but we can discuss it. China's come sure. out with data saying the population, um, the, the 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 birthing figure has slowed down, decreased dramatically, and that has severe impacts on any economy. And I think that news, I, I wonder if it's going to offset the good news of the opening up and this news coming out, people are going to go, hmm. But that's more of a long-term picture, isn't it? It is. So I think a lot of people have talked about the, you know, deflation coming out of uh, China. Yeah. And they base their theory on this, um, on the fact that, you know, the birth rate is slowing. Now, the Chinese put this in, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the 1980s, right? So mm. where you couldn't have more than one child. One child and... policy, yes. 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 Um, so I think they did it for a good reason at the time, uh, but and they, they didn't really reverse their decision as much as they should have. And yeah. this is what we see now almost 40 years later, right? Yeah. Uh, now, the thing is, we understand what happens when there is a, a reduction in population. Obviously, you have fewer workers and their economy is based on the worker economy, right? Having people to work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. And then the second thing is consumption as well. So China has become the second biggest consumption economy in the world now after the United States. So if if we don't have enough consumption and we don't mm-hmm. have any enough production, then we're, we're probably you know looking at a situation where we do see uh, deflation, which is never good for you know 
the the world in general. Um, so I think this has much longer term impacts. I doubt that this has any immediate impacts. Obviously, this is this has been in the making for years yes. now, right? Oh, yes. yeah. So it's not something that you know just happened yesterday. The news broke today, but mm-hmm. it's been in the making for the last few decades. Um, yeah. And it's also I think not, what's more impo- it's more global problem as well. It's not just China. If, if, if you look Absolutely. at from my personal perspective. It's a very hard case to make for um, any couple, married couple in their 20s, unmarried, whatever, I'm not judging, to have children and basically raise them in this environment and in this economic circumstance. Because if you look at the 80s, 90s, those were wildly different times, right? There's a popular Mm -hmm. TikTok term as well now. It's dink, double income, no children or no kids. And I'm like, whoa, okay, so this is a trend, right? So people are actively pursuing and saying, I want a job, my wife or my husband wants a job, we want to travel, we want to do everything, we're putting kids on the back burner or we're putting kids out of the picture completely. And I don't see, my point is, I I can't see this problem going away. That's my problem. That's sort of what, what my, where my brain is at at the moment. No, absolutely. I think, well, this is more of a social debate. And I think yeah, a lot of yeah, people... but, what, but what's the incentive? Because if you want something to go away or if you want to fix it, you have to either mandate it or give it as incentive. And I can't see, like in the Western world, you're going to say, oh, you need to have three children now or you need to have two children. I mean, so yeah, that's just something long-term to think about. No, absolutely. And then how do you mandate it? I mean families will say who's going to pay for my kids who's going to pay for college who's going to pay for you know maintaining them i mean and kids are expensive you and i know that um (laughs) but at the same time um there's not enough money in the world that would stop me from doing it so absolutely absolutely aisha thank you so much for joining me before i let you leave a question from twitter uh we dealt with the one that said three sectors that you're watching. Um, it wants to know, Twitter wants to know, uh, do you see an escalation in conflict between China and Taiwan? Remember China and Taiwan? That was something that happened. Um, yes. Is that still somewhere on your radar? No, it isn't. Mm. I, I think China has bigger problems right now. And I, and I don't think that Taiwan is at the moment is is an issue that they they really want to get into so as far as they are concerned they see taiwan as part of china and Mm -hmm. that's how they're looking at it regardless of how the rest of the world looks at it and they're maintaining that policy for now um i don't think that it's wise for them even to get into all of this with what's happening in their own country or what's happening you know with their own economy right now so I think they will stay away from, you know, meddling very much. Interesting perspective. Aisha, thank you so much for joining me today. If the listeners want to go and um, connect with you and find out more about what it is that you do, where can they do that? I think Twitter is the best place. You have all my links on Twitter. So 
and it we'll, put, we'll put all the links in the <laughs> in the in the comments and i again implore people to go and check out your substack it's called banking on the market very 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 well done uh, like i said i wrote, uh, read the one this morning extremely interesting and um, valuable insights and it's really good work that you're doing with it thank you so much to our listeners peace love and prosperity and we'll catch you in the next one cheers <laughs>